the Gilda's maximum lawyers community of legal entrepreneurs who are taking their businesses and lives to the next level. As a Guild member, you'll build relationships, be held accountable, and learn strategies specifically designed to get you unstuck and accelerate your plan for growth. Members are also granted exclusive access to masterminds hosted around the country. Our next event is coming up, and we're heading to Scottsdale, Arizona. There's something truly magical about the power of these in-person connections where real-time breakthroughs happen. Picture this. You're surrounded by like-minded law firm owners tackling your business and mindset challenges together. The energy is electric, the insights are transformative, and the results are game-changing. Investing in yourself is the best decision you'll ever make. The knowledge, strategies, and breakthroughs you'll gain are priceless assets that will supercharge your practice and propel you forward. Join the Guild and secure your ticket to Scottsdale at the best possible price by visiting maxlawevents.com. Run your law firm the right way. This is the Maximum Liar Podcast. Your hosts, Jim Hacking and Tyson Mutrix. Let's partner up and maximize your firm. Welcome to the show. I'm really excited to welcome Tyson and Jim from Maximum Lawyer to the Financially Legal Podcast. Guys, thanks for joining me. And also, you know, Tyson, I'm embarrassed that I didn't catch this in the intro. I should have asked you how to, I would have said Tyson and Jim Hacking, but I don't know how to pronounce your last name. So, and I'm just going to cop that right up, up top and ask you how to say it because I'm sure it's a question you get. So I always do this first though. I'm not going to tell you until you, you make it, take a shot at it. Okay. All right. I'm, and I, I have no problem. I have no problem embarrassing myself. So I'm going to go with the Americanized version Mutrux, but that sounds really, really painful. Yeah. And so now I'm going to try to go with a more kind of francophiled version, which is kind of mutreux. But uh, I also don't speak French, so I know that's probably off as well. So so uh, maybe we should let Jim introduce himself first so we can prolong the, uh, the, uh, the drama. <laughs> Jimmy, go ahead. How do you say your name? I'm Jim Hacking. <laughs> and I'm Tyson Mutrix. Oh, there it is. And you know what? I should, and, and, and this is even doubly embarrassing. I have listened to a couple of uh, episodes of your podcast and I've heard you introduce yourself. So uh, it's kind of like, yeah, anyway, not worth, not worth going into. In jury trials, what I'll do is I'll pronounce my name as Tyson Mutrix. And then I'll say for any of you French teachers, it's Mutro in French. Uh, and because there are some Mutros in Missouri, they pronounce it Mutro. Our, our family pronounces it Mutrix. Um, but whenever I'm on the phone with someone, I'll say Mutrix. It looks like Mutrux. I'll say that to them. So it's funny that you said Mutrux. But yeah, I mean, that's, again, the the, the very uh, ugly Americanized version of it. But uh, it's not it's not real pretty. But then again, you know, if Stephen Colbert can call himself Colbert, I think you've got a lot of latitude. My wife and I have actually had the, not the Bogart, this conversation about my last name, but, but we've actually had the conversation about changing it to Mutro. I'm not so sure how my family would feel about it. I, I do like Mutro more. I think it sounds better. Way more dignified, for sure. Well, why don't each of you quickly introduce yourselves? And then um, if you can, just give the maybe elevator pitch, one or both of you for, for Maximum Lawyer. Obviously, we'll be spending a good chunk of the time talking about that today. But I often find guests do a way better job of introducing themselves than I could in, in the intro that I've already given. Jimmy, take it away. So my name is Jim Hacking. I'm an immigration attorney in St. Louis. I started my firm in 2007. And in 2012, we went all in on immigration and stopped doing anything else. So we've niched down 
and I helped start the Maximum Lawyer podcast and movement with Tyson five years ago. Yeah, and my name is Tyson Mutrix. I am a personal injury lawyer in Missouri. We've got offices in St. Louis and Columbia, Missouri. We've been doing exclusively personal injury since 2017. Before that, I was doing criminal defense and personal injury. We decided uh, to drop criminal defense altogether. It's one of the best decisions I've made. And Jimmy and I, let's see, five years ago, launched Maximum Lawyer, and it's been awesome. The, the podcast has taken off, conference has taken off, and we've had just a lot of great growth since then. Well, that seems like a perfect place to jump in. So tell me how you guys think about Maximum Lawyer. What is this group? And maybe even start with uh, how you met each other and how this all began. So I have a friend who teaches at the law school, and every summer she teaches a course on lawyer management, law firm management. And when Tyson was a third year, she couldn't teach that summer and she asked me to teach the class. So I actually taught the class and that's how we became friends. He was the really one of the few students actually paying attention, sitting in the front of the class and like he was very interested in owning his own firm. And so the way that the podcast started and, and where Maximum Lawyer came from was Tyson and I would have these great conversations about running a law firm and we were trying to use a piece of software called Infusionsoft. And we thought that we could build our firm on the backs of Infusionsoft. And so we were having these great conversations. And I said, you know, we should record these and release them as a podcast. Because in my mind, despite that class that Tyson took and that I taught, for the most part, law schools do very little to teach people about the kinds of things that you, Dan, talk about, the financial part of running a law firm. and um, you know, it's, a, it's always been interesting. We've always gravitated and we, and we still do now towards two different areas. And the, the part that I always go to is marketing. And the part that Tyson always goes to is systems and operations. So from the outset, it was a good, it was a good mix and we had different practice areas and neither of us want to ever have law partners again, but we have this partnership and it's about as as partnery as I want to get. Um, we have a lot of fun. Um, we keep the group loose. Uh, the group has really grown. The podcast has really grown. We haven't missed a week in five weeks, with five years, which is something that I'm very proud of. And the group itself has grown to, I think, around 5,000 members, the Facebook group. And I think that we really tapped into a longing that a lot of solo and small firm law firm owners had in that, you know, when you're, when you're the top woman or the top man at the firm, everybody looks to you and there's not a lot of opportunity for collaboration or commiseration and that we just sort of hit the ground at the right time. And, you know, it was really funny. We would find one person in this city and they would recommend us to other people in that city. And it really was uh, more of a movement, an organic thing than anything that we really planned. Yeah. And it was kind of cool. I would say it's a, it's a crowdsourced podcast and community because we started, it was, ju it was really, I don't, I think we went eight episodes. It was just me and Jim. It was just really just honestly just recording. We, we recorded several episodes where we didn't record it the right way. And so we had to re-record it and it was, we, we had our, you know, false starts and everything, but they were like, you know what, let's, let's put together a Facebook group. So we, we put up a Facebook group and for some reason people started to join the Facebook group. And then we were like, oh, let's start, let's start having some guests on this thing. So we started having guests and really, I mean, no one really big at first. Apologies to the people that we had on the at first, but, <laughs> and then I can't remember Jim who our, 
first big one might have been maybe John Fisher might have been the first big one. We're like, oh, we got John Fisher on the podcast. You know, this is great. And things just really snowballed from there. It, it, just, it grew, grew and grew and grew. And then we we're like, you know what? Let's do a conference. Let's have a conference. And we're like, my biggest fear was that no one was going to come, like, that we would have this thing up and like 10 people would show up and we'd be sitting in this room. And we had a really cool venue. It was a St. Louis University, the, their law school had a, it was a newly renovated building. And we had it, it was classroom style and 70, what, 70, 75 people, somewhere around there showed up to the conference. And uh, we even have, even had a couple sponsors and we're like, oh my gosh, this is amazing. And then the next year after that, we, we had 150 people come to Del Mar Hall in, in St. Louis. It was awesome. It was a cool, cool venue. Um, just And quickly, Tyson, just to, what were the years that this was happening? What, what, when was this? So 2018 would have been the first one. The second one was 2019. Last year was supposed to be the third one. And then obviously you know, it didn't happen. But uh, we did do a... a well, I wouldn't call it a virtual version of the conference. We, we ended up launching the Guild instead because we were, I mean, last year was supposed to be a really big conference and it's, it's going to be just this year. But and then we, we decided to launch the Guild instead. And the Guild is just a, it's a, I'd, I'd say it's a more advanced version of the big group. So you've, you've got a, people that, a lot of people that get it. A lot, and most of the people in the big group get it. And yeah, I guess you have to be in the group to get it, to know what I'm talking about. But and we, we we launched the guild, and it just it's it's a high level conversations every every freaking day. It's it's pretty cool the the number of people that are in the group that are just willing to really spill the beans and share everything, um, just to be in the group. Jim, did I leave anything out? No, I think you nailed it. It has certainly been organic. We're excited about this year's conference. A lot of energies going into it, and and I just got back from a conference where most of the presentations were between an hour and a half and two hours and ours will be 20 minutes at the max half hour at the max so it's going to be a lot of very compact content we're going to have breakout sessions for the first time and um, but overall i just i just really enjoy getting to talk to other lawyers and helping them figure out you know where they're stuck and to help them get unstuck and dan i'll just one, one last thing i want to add yeah please Jim, the word organic and we we don't run ads we've never run ads this is something where we've not we went years before asking anyone for a penny you know it was it was just this very cool thing that just it it has just blossomed it's the coolest thing to see it grow and just watch the podcast numbers grow and it's really it's just it's a cool thing just it's kind of like watching your kid grow you know it's just this magical thing you see just get bigger and bigger and great and you know it's just it's cool it's a really cool thing yeah, I, I'm assuming you guys both have kids or or maybe can relate to that. I, as I often joke, yeah, it's it's a vicious cycle. You keep feeding them, they keep growing. It's a, <laughs> but that's a little more of a cynical take. Jim, I, so I want to definitely talk about the guild, but I, maybe a good way to get there is to step back. Because Jim, I think you mentioned something that I think is really interesting, or at least we're talking about. You said we sort of sensed there was this longing. Say more about that. What is it that you think you've tapped into? What is it that you think that lawyers are looking for or were looking for or are finding in the community that you're building? So if you think about lawyers who go out and start their own firm, there's probably two or three camps. One camp are those who plan it out very detailed. They have their business plan. They know exactly what they want and they come up with these world-class business plans. Then you have people who are sort of thrown into it and just sort of decide on a lark, you know, I'm tired of my job, I'm quitting. And then you have people who are involuntarily separated from their prior firm and they're sort of stuck. They're in a stage where they could go work for somebody else, but they want to try going out on their own. And it's all peaches and cream when you're thinking about how it's going to go. But then when you go out on your own, 
it, it is sort of like having a baby. You know, everyone tells you what it's like to have a baby, how you don't have sleep and how you, you know, you got to change diapers every three hours. And you think, oh, yeah, yeah, I, I'm sure I'll be able to figure that out. But then once you actually have the baby, it's a totally different bag. So, you know, Michael Gerber calls it that entrepreneurial seizure where we say, I know exactly what I want to do. I want to start my firm. And then you start your firm. And then th this is one of my favorite questions to ask people in the podcast, which is tell us about that day that you decided to go out on your own. And then tell us about that day when you're sitting at your desk and you have gone out on your own. What are the things that are going through your mind on each of those days? And so I think that what we've been able to do is to tap into those people who went out on their own in any one of those scenarios. And we've built a community of people who, but for us, would be really isolated. And there's there aren't a lot of resources. There aren't a lot of places that you can talk. We really do a good job, I think, of monitoring the group, keeping it positive. The people have a growth mindset. Any negativity is out. Any political stuff is out. Any going off on each other is out. So we really have tried to create a safe space for people to be honest and vulnerable, to talk about their highs, to talk about their lows. I mean, at the conference last year, we had people sharing stuff that was personal at both conferences, personal and emotional. Because, you know, running a law firm is hard. Running a law firm is hard. There's so many different aspects to it. There's so many different people looking to you for guidance that, like I said at the beginning, if you're, if you're sitting up on that mountaintop and everyone's coming to you all the time, that can be exhausting. And so just to be able to find a space to say, hey, you know, I'm going through this problem with my software. I'm going through this problem with an employee or, you know, I, I'm thinking about changing or adding a practice area. What do you guys think? It's just hugely supportive. I think uh, Jim did a really good job of summarizing. It's just he had me thinking as he was talking, like we have cried with these people. We've laughed with these people. We've had people that on you know Monday say, listen, I'm in, in like, you know, in tears. I, I don't know if I'm going to make it another week. You know, we've had people get onto the Facebook group and say, like, I just don't know how I'm going to do this. Like, this is extremely tough for me. And they've, they have really just um, opened up their, opened up, I mean, really exposed themselves and they've been really vulnerable. And it's really amazing to see other people come to their aid and say, we've got your back. And it's a really cool place because Jim and I were, I mean, we're in the trenches with everyone else and we were not. We didn't do this thing where like, yeah, and you see these where like you've got these organizations that pop up and they, well, we, we're the end all be all for whatever your needs are. And they're not actually practicing, right? But Jim and I are actually practicing. So we're in the trenches with these people. And it's just a, it's kind of a, it's a cool thing to see people come to other people's aid, you know, and it's in just a neat group. So to drill down just a little bit more kind of on this framework that Jim set up, I'd be curious on your guys' thoughts here. Jim, you mentioned these three groups, those who come in with a very formalized, well thought out business plan, those who sort of approach this on a lark, and then finally those who maybe become involuntary solos or small business owners. I guess kind of a two-parter, Tyson, as a litigator, you can appreciate this. Do you see that one of those three groups is drawn to the group particularly? And then it, do either of you have any thoughts on kind of... Is there one of those three that really shouldn't be solos? Can they all be made into successful small business owners and, and small uh, law firm owners? What are your guys' thoughts there? I laugh about 
business plans. I mean, I think it's important to sort of nail down what you're wanting to do. But as I've been saying lately, somewhere out there is a law firm owner who decided to open up her firm on March 14th, 2020. And she probably had yep. the world's best business plan ever. That was early March was our soft launch for Gravity Legal. <laughs> right. Well, I mean, I opened up my firm during the recession in 2008. So, yep. but yeah, I mean, you know, I love that quote from Mike Tyson. Everybody has a plan until they get punched in the mouth. Totally. Yep. I was thinking that same thing. I think that we've seen all kinds of people succeed in the group from all three of those phases. You know, some of the people that get involuntarily separated, they have a fire burning in them. They want to prove everybody wrong. So yeah. I think a lot of it depends on personality. Now, at our firm, we're really big on the Colby index. So we have everybody who works for us take that Colby index. And we found that a lot of our lawyers and paralegals are very high fact finders and and usually high follow through, but definitely high fact finders. And so I actually think a lot of lawyers wait too long to go out on their own and try to plan too much because that's sort of what the industry is built. You know, lawyers are fact finders. And so I think the personality of lawyers often colors how they are as business owners to their detriment. I think that lawyers need to be thinking more entrepreneurially and more as a business owner and less as a lawyer, or at least they need someone else in the firm playing that role. But if you run your business like you practice law, I think you're really setting yourself up for some artificial limits on what you can do. I don't know if that's exactly an answer to your question, but it's sort of what I've seen. I think that too often law firm owners and lawyers play it too conservatively because those are the kinds of people that are originally drawn to law school, if that makes sense. Yeah. And I, and I think, I think Jim's right. I, I think that the, I mean, the, really the key difference in, in, in all the three of those categories, the ones that actually make it and do well are the ones that take action. And, and a lot of times what that, what happens is, is that business plan. I think business plans are a smart idea. Okay. And I don't think Jim's saying it's not a smart idea. And I'm going to really distill what he's saying down to, if you don't take action on it, it doesn't freaking matter. And people use that as an excuse. They say, I'm going to create this business plan. And next thing you know, it's, it's a one-page business plan. It's a 20-page business plan. It's a 30-page business plan. It's a 50-page business plan. And this business that they were going to launch you know, in a year, it's now three years down the road. Now it's five years down the road. And they're using it as an excuse. It's a crutch for them not to take action. And the ones that are that do the best are the ones that take action. The other part of it is, and, and the ones that really take that next step, and I talk about conf confidence quite a bit because it's something that I had to learn, is you have to realize that you've got it. You've got the ability to do it. And one of the, one of the things that the lawyers that they, they fail a little bit, and we all fail at things. Like we all, we all, if you run a business, you're going to fail at something. It's just, it's just going to happen. Things are not going to work. You're going to have a shitty day. It's just going to, it's, it's, that's how it works. Okay. You might have a really terrible month, but the ones that really persevere, they get through it and they realize that, yeah, I can do this. I've got the skill set to do this. I went to law school. Law school is not something that most people can do. And some of you are like, oh, well, law school is easy. Now, well, I mean, for the, if you compare it to the general population, no, you, you did a pretty damn good thing. And the people that realize that, that, yeah, you know what? I am good. I, I can do this. Those are the ones that really excel in, in making sure that they take action and that they've got the confidence that they can do it. That's great. I love it. So one of the things that came up as you guys were talking, and I, I'm just curious, did you succeed in turning Infusionsoft into a practice management system? Great question. 
Tyson, why don't you take that one? Because you're the king of Infusionsoft. Yeah, I, I mean, I, I actually like Infusionsoft. I think Infusionsoft is the thing I love about Infusionsoft. Yeah, the most, now called Keep, not, not a podcast sponsor, by the way. I refuse just, to yeah. call it. I refuse to call it Keep. <laughs> Spelled K-E-A-P. Yeah. K-E-A-P. Keep it is the dumbest name change. But the, the thing about that I loved, I won't say love, the thing I loved about Infusionsoft was the company, the people, the people that ran the company. It was amazing. And the moment that they throw through Icon out, and they try, they've tried to recover. Icon was their big conference, and it was amazing. You'd go out there and you leave that place. And I was, I was teasing Jim because he just came back from a conference. You'd have conference fever, and I'm talking, you'd have conference fever for weeks. And it was just you had a high. I still remember the first one I went to and the music that played. And I was like, oh, just uh, it was amazing. It was just it, like they had the, they played the same song over like every time it was uh, time for people to come back into the conference hall. They play the same. Song. It was Flo Rida. Yeah, so it was it was so great. But in the it was really it was nuts and bolts stuff. It was really good. To answer your question though, I successfully turned it into a case management system. However, it's not the most effective case management system, and I'm currently in the process of migrating away from it. Jim has has for a couple of years migrated away from it. I think that if Infusionsoft had kept to their principles and and been the same way they were three years ago. I'd probably still be st- sticking with it. And my guess is Jim probably would too, but they've changed as a company, not quite the same. And by that point, we had abandoned what we were going to do with Infusionsoft anyways with, when it comes to Maximum Lawyer. So so yeah, to answer your question, yes, but then uh, both of us are got, have gotten away from it. Love it. Running your own practice can be scary, whether you're worried about where the next case will come from, feeling like you're losing control over your growing firm or frustrated from being out of touch with everyone working under your license, the stress can be overwhelming. We will show you how to turn that fear into a driving force of clarity, focus, stability, and confidence that eliminates the roller coaster of guilt-ridden second-guessing and mistake-making to get you off that hamster wheel for good. Maximum Lawyer in Minimum Time is a step-by-step playbook that shows you how to identify what your firm needs and how to proactively get it at every stage of the game so you are prepped and excited for the inevitable growth that will follow. Name the lifestyle that you want, and we'll show you how to become a maximum lawyer in minimum time. Find out more by going to MaximumLawyer.com forward slash course. One of the things that came up in as you guys were talking about the group, and, and I'm curious, I, I think you wear this as a badge of pride, and, I, and I'm not saying you shouldn't, but I'd, I'd love for you to comment on it, is, is there, there seems to be an interesting dynamic between, I think, first of all, how you started this group and how it's grown. But also, I think second, you both mentioned, hey, we're in the trenches. We're practicing law ourselves. And, and I don't know, maybe this is just the entrepreneur in me, but do you really, and, and obviously now you've got a paid community, so there's some kind of revenue coming in for Maximum Lawyer. Do you really view this as a business? What do you see kind of what you're doing with this group? So the Maximum Lawyer is five years old, right? And to this day, any vendor or employee of Maximum Lawyer has taken out more money from the company than we have. I honestly don't know how much money's in there at the moment. We've actually been locked out of the bank account. It's my job to get us back in. And I've just been too busy today to call the bank to find out how to change our login. But we we are making money now. We started the guild and the conference, conference pretty much breaks even. And then uh, I just got my first coaching client this last month. So I'm excited about that. But where it's headed, and we do wear it as a badge of honor. I mean, I think that I look at these people on Twitter, these people who've never built a thing in their life, who love to tell lawyers what to do. 
And these can be lawyers or non-lawyers. You know, the legal market is a cash-infused market. There's a lot of money that law firm owners make, and there's all kinds of people that are happy and willing to take that money off your hands. And so, you know, we have these law professors or people that sit around and think about what where the future of law is going and all that stuff. I think it's such a waste of time. I mean, it's interesting. I like to pay attention to it. I love Clio's legal trend report. I think that's really helpful because it's very practical. But I think that where we come in is we fill the need that law schools leave open by not training lawyers on how to run a firm. We built a tribe of people who are like-minded like us. I mean, we can talk about any aspect of running a firm from start to finish because you know, my firm has 20 people in it now. We have five attorneys and and there's like real world things that come up every single day. I mean, Tyson and I haven't had to sit around and think up a content idea for a show or one of our guild calls in years because we just, you know, Gary Vaynerchuk talks all the time, you know, don't create content, just document. And we'll come in, Tyson, my favorite part of the guild and my favorite part of Maximum Lawyer honestly is every Saturday morning, from 8 a.m. till 8.30, Tyson and I are in the guild and we just talk about our week. And that has created content for us, that has created lessons for us, that has created a path for this product that we have now called Maximum Law Minimum Time. I mean, it really is the day-to-day operations and that's the stuff that people really wanna hear. It, it sounds boring, but people love to be able to say, if Jim and Tyson can do it, I can do it too. Yeah, it's it's really kind of funny. You mentioned the people like on Twitter, and like, and, or you see these Facebook ads. Oh, you do this, and you'll make seven figures. And like, they've never built a damn thing. They've never, ever, ever done it. They've just thought about it. And what they'll do is they'll come up with these principles: do these six things here, or do these eight things, and this is how you become a seven-figure law firm. And it's all bullshit. It, it's it's all it is. And so I think, and I do wear it as a badge of honor, the, the fact that we do run these law firms and we both got these successful law firms that basically run themselves at this point. Jim and I, we do work in our firms, but we spend a lot of time on Maximum Lawyer and we can do that because we've built these firms that have good systems. We've got these teams where the, we have lawyers that can r- help run the firm. We've got management that help run the firm and we're able to do what we're able to do because of what we built in our firms and we're able to do what we do in Maximum Lawyer because of the because of our experience running these firms and we we're able to convey that that knowledge to people. Like for example, I'll give you an example. Like people are like, oh, you gotta automate. You gotta automate. They don't know what the hell that means. They'll, they don't, they've never built out any sort of automation campaign in their lives. They they couldn't show you how to do it. They couldn't show you what products to use. And they're just full of shit. And so it just and that's the stuff that drives me nuts. And I if like that's sort of like in my my opinion, like our boogeyman, you know, like the person that's just they, they they try to sell these things and you'll see it all. Jim and I, we've got this perspective where we have these people that try to come into the group and try to sell things. So we see it all the time and they don't know anything like they just don't know anything. So we'll, we'll kick them out of the group. But it's just it's one of those things that drives me nuts where they because like Jim says, it, this is a cash cow and there's a lot of cash in the legal industry. And our buddy Kelsey Bratcher calls it the lawyer tax. You know, like there's a lawyer tax. So they'll, they'll charge a lawyer, you know, 10 times what they would charge, you know, a gardener, you know, and they, he just calls it the lawyer tax. And, it, and it's completely true. And he, he works in multiple industries and he says he's never seen it before. It's kind of crazy how much they try to charge us as lawyers compared to other industries. And, and I don't know, whenever we can, we try to call them out on their BS. 
this seems like a great place to jump. I, you've already, I, I had already wanted to ask about the guild and then Jim, you were like, oh, and we also launched this other thing, uh, maximum law, minimum time. So let's talk about both of those. What are you doing with the guild? And I think one of the questions I definitely like to ask just for listeners is maybe this is a good place to walk into this. Like there's the podcast, which is obviously free. Folks can listen to that. There's the Facebook group, which I believe is limited to lawyers or lawyers. Okay, you're, you're both nodding. So, and then there's the event, which maybe we can talk about as well. I'm assuming there's some kind of admission for that, but I assume just about anybody can come. But anyway, let's, let's kind of walk through the different layers and offerings that the group has. And again, if you don't want to consider them offerings, because uh, this isn't, <laughs> that's totally fine. But talk about sort of how folks can engage with you, what the different levels are, kind of what the different expectations are. So you've hit on most of them. Um, maximum law, minimum time really came out of some work that we wanted to do. And it actually, of all things, stems from our time with Infusionsoft. So Infusionsoft had a grid where they would look at, at the five stages of entrepreneurial growth, right? And so the first stage is obviously when you first open your firm. The second one, I think, was up to 100, or your, those were companies, up to maybe uh, 100,000. And then the next one's like 100 to 5,000, 100,000 to 500,000. And we wanted to, you know, the, the Facebook group, it's, it's great. There's 5,000 people in there. So it's sort of a little bit of the wild, wild west. And there, there are some times where people ask the same questions over and over. And we noticed that there were these different aspects of, of running your firm, you know, like vision, people, systems, marketing, leads, intake, all that stuff. And we decided to build a product for people that were either in one of those, were in one of those first three stages, stage one, stage two, or stage three. And we wanted to take all of our collected knowledge of what we've learned, um, both in running a firm and in interviewing people for five years straight on the podcast. We wanted to turn it into a product that people could access. And then the way that it works is if you join the guild, then you have access to the product. And you, I think you can buy the product, but it's like $2,000, which is sort of crazy. So most people just join the guild. And then the guild is actually our laboratory where we talk about the real world implementation of the concepts that we've developed for maximum law minimum time so people can work through the course themselves and the fun thing for tyson and i we've, we've just built out the first three stages and we're going to start working on four later this summer the fun thing that we noticed was that you know some people might be in stage one when it comes to vision and stage three when it comes to employees and mm. stage two when it comes to let's say intake. And so it's all about improving your game. And, and the, the biggest thing for me, what I spend all my time doing when I think about all these things, the conference, maximum law, minimum time, the guild, all that stuff is you say you're here and you say you want to get there. So what we want to do is to help you get from here to there. And whatever that is, you can define that yourself. Different people want different things. Some people want a lifestyle law firm. Some people want make as much cash as possible. Some people want to eliminate all headaches from their lives. And our idea was that we gather all that stuff, put it into the product. And then at the conference, the conference, the themes of the conference, the different sections are all going to follow maximum law, minimum time so that people can hear from successful lawyers who've done things in each of those areas um, to up their game. And this will be the first time where we actually have breakout sessions along those lines. So I'm really excited about all of it. Yeah, I mean, I, I think Jim, you did a good job of explaining everything. I mean, like you've got you got the guild, you've got maximum lawyer minimum time, you've got the conference, you've got the podcast, and then we have uh, Max Law Media, which 
includes the the multiple podcasts that we have. So those those are all the different things that are part of Maximum Lawyer. But Jim did a great job of explaining basically what the guild is and, and, and what it does. So let me just ask a super tactical question again, just for folks who have been listening and they're like, wow, I really like the way this group operates or what they're saying. I'm a lawyer. This is the first time hearing of, of Maximum Lawyer. I, I, I want to drink the Kool-Aid <laughs> either, you know, slowly or quickly join the group where like, and again, we're getting a little tactical, but like, w- would it be best to sort of walk through maximum law, minimum time? And then how do they, how does somebody sort of feel their way into this? I mean, listen to the podcast and and go to the Facebook group. So go to the Facebook group, search for maximum lawyer, join the group and see if, see if you want to absorb any of this information. I mean, if you, my guess is if you're probably listening to this podcast, you're probably looking to to learn some things. And if you're if you're open to learning, if you don't think you know it all, and if you're if you're also willing to give, like for example, we talk about the go giver quite a bit. Like if you're willing to give and not just receive, like we don't like takers in the group, right? There are, there are people that try to come to the group and just they're just takers, right? The people that really get it, the ones that that do the best, are the ones that give too, right? They share. They're willing to share. They're willing to be open. They're willing to not think that they know it all. And, and so I'd start with the group, see if, see if you like what you see, listen to the podcast. I mean, I'd start with start at the beginning. I mean, I, a lot of the people that really get a lot out of it, they start at the beginning of the podcast. I don't know how many we're up to, but five years worth, I, uh, one a week. You know, it's we've quite a, quite a bit of content out there. Pick and choose what you want to listen to and listen to it, see if you like it and go from there. Um, it's that, That's how you, how it start with it. And Jim and I are, I mean, as you, I don't know if you've noticed, we're, we're not on here to you know pitch any products. You know, we're just talking about you know the things that we've we've done and how Maximum Lawyer has grown. And if you if you want to be a part of that, great. If not, okay, that's fine too. There's a lot of other groups out there. I love it. All right. So kind of as we as we round home here, I wanted to ask you guys a question. And obviously, uh, I can see you. The listeners ultimately won't or can't. But even notwithstanding that, when you gave your intros, Jim, you you said. Tyson was a third year law student in a class that you taught. And you said you started your firm in 07. What, I, this is, I'm very delicately getting to the point that, Jim, you're a few years older than Tyson, my guess. And, and I, I've, I've been, I, what I've been interested by just in talking with you guys today and, and watching you interact with each other is I feel like there's an interesting sort of multi-generational you know, thing going on here. Like I think often like folks who find themselves working as closely on something wouldn't necessarily have, and again, I'm not sure. How, there, there's a bit of an age difference, and I'm just, I'm, I find that interesting. Um, and I think it's, it's cool that you guys probably bring differing perspectives. But would love for you to just quickly kind of chat about that. You know, is that, is it a situation where, like, you know, Jim, you bring sort of more experience, and Tyson, you bring kind of a different type of view, or how does that dynamic work with you guys, and how do you think it shows up in the group? That's a great question that no one has ever asked us. I don't, Tyson, how old are you? Like 37? 38. Yeah, thirty-eight. So I'm fi- I'll be fifty-one this year. So yeah, that's a more than a decade's age difference. I think that it's just always worked. I mean, I think we both learn a lot from each other. I think that we both have different real-world experiences. I mean, Tyson can tell you funny stories about before he went to law school. I mean, he was in the army. He worked for State Farm. He, I, both of us worked between college and law school, and I think that that's really important. But t- you know, so I think that. For both of us, we were raised by dads who didn't have a college education and worked their ass off 
and we're entrepreneurial. And I think that that has sort of spilled over into our mindsets. You know, you got to go to work, you got to put in the hours, you got to build something. And I think that as far as the age difference, I think that, you know, I'm getting to a stage where I've told Tyson where I, I want to do more coaching and I, I really get a lot of energy out of being around younger people. And, you know, like I have this firm with, we have like 20 employees and I'm the one who does all the tech. Like I'm young at heart for sure. And I think that that helps as well. But we've never really, um, God, Tyson, I don't think we've ever gotten in a fight once, knock on wood, right? Um, we've never disagreed about anything. We did the one cardinal sin of any anybody telling you to start a, a business. You should give one person 51% and one person 49 My wife hits me over the head about that every now and then, and we're 50-50 partners and <laughs> doing everything by collaboration. And we sort of, I think, Tyson, you tell me what you think. I think we sort of have our, our spheres within the company even, or the the concept of maximum lawyer of what we focus on. And I think we both get to go tinker in our own little spaces and we bring back and say, look at what I built. And that, and we go from there. Yeah. I mean, I think as, as people, I mean, we are extremely different, right? We are just, if people knew about us, our upbringings, all that kind of stuff, because we, we talk a little bit about it. I mean, we're very different people, but we also have a lot of similarities and we talk about this quite a bit. People, whenever they're looking for a law partner, like they, they usually start looking for someone that's just like them. And that's the last person that they want, right? They do you, cause then, okay. So if you're exactly the same, then you're going to be wanting to be doing the exact same thing. Right. And so yeah. Jim's right. We do, we do have our own little spheres, you know, and he focuses a lot on marketing and what he does. And I focus a lot on the, the operations and the systems. And that's the stuff that I like to, to mess around with. And I like to build things from a system standpoint. He likes to build things from a marketing standpoint. I've not broken this to him, but that's also systems. But he, he likes to still think of it as, as the marketing. first fight. The first it's fight. <laughs> it's an art, damn it! It's an art. It's not a science. <laughs> so, yeah, it's, uh, and so yeah, so we do ever. And here's the other thing: is like, like we both have like the freedom to go off and build our own things, you know, and do those things, and then come back and say, hey, like, like you say, hey, look what I did, you know, and like it's like okay, great. That's what it's 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 all for the benefit. And here's the thing: it's like. We both know, we both trust each other. Like, like whatever we're doing, it's for the benefit of Maximum Lawyer, right? It's not for the detriment of Maximum Lawyer. For, I mean, I'll give you, give you a prime example. Jim has been wanting to get into coaching for a little while, right? And he did, organically, he got, he got his own, you know, his first, first coaching client. He didn't go and say, oh, oh, hacking, you know, coaching. He didn't start his own company for that. He's running it through Maximum Lawyer. I mean, and we have that trust. He knows that I'm not going to go off and start some systems course and sell some systems course. Why would we? That, that's the other part. Like, why would we? It doesn't make any sense. But we're, and so we, we have each other's backs and we have that, we have our own little playground we can play around in, you know, and there's different parts of the playground that I can play in, different parts of the playground he can play around with. And that's fine. Um, thanks for indulging me on that one, guys. That was interesting. Sure. Um, kind of as well, we wrap way, up. Really quick though. Like, Jim, he just called you old. Just so you no, know. No, no. See, that's why I said I was like <laughs> delicately. Like I knew that Jim could possibly be the Doogie Hauser of of legal, teaching a course to older students. But I, like, I just sensed. Right, I was like kind of doing the math. You got it. You did it. So, so I guess kind of I, we can wrap this into the last question. But I, I did want to ask, kind of again, a multi pronged one that I'll let you guys take in a number of different directions. But like. The future of in-person conferences is weird, right? Like, like, it, and maybe it's only weird for the next six months while we all kind of try to figure out what that looks like. Or, but I'd be curious, kind of, a, what's on the schedule? Like, are are you guys planning to do an in-person conference? I think you mentioned it. 
And then, you know, if you want to opine on kind of what you think that's going to look like or how you're thinking about it differently, that'd be awesome. And then, as I mentioned to you guys before we started, you can you can use this as a time to talk about what you're going to be doing or if you want to talk about something else as well. But if you want to sort of that's it could be an opportunity to wrap the the kind of opportunity for you to talk about maximum lawyer in general or how folks can engage. I'll, again, I'll leave that up to you. But I'm curious both in the specific kind of what you're thinking about the conference, but also just in general, kind of how you guys think that's going to evolve and, and maybe even what it means for maximum lawyer. Tyson, go ahead. So I think people are desperate to get out of their houses and their towns and they're desperate to go places. And we, we've given the, the question that you just asked a lot of thought. And we, we were originally scheduled to have the conference in June. So just a couple months away. And we ultimately said this it doesn't make a whole lot of sense in June. I don't think people are going to be as comfortable. And so we, we made a tough decision and said, okay, let's move it to October. By then, the vaccine rollout, and we made this decision months ago, but we were sort of playing the odds. Vaccine rollout will have been to the point where most people will be vaccinated if they want to be. And we already know this. By the number of ticket sales we have, we're, we're going to sell this thing out. And so we know people want to get out of their houses. We just don't. We already have the data now to know that that's what they want to do. They want to get out. There are going to be the few that are going to be hesitant, and that's fine. There's nothing wrong with that. But Jim, I mean, Jim just went to a conference, an in-person conference. I mean, it, people are already doing it. We just, I mean, you just had the Kentucky Derby, the, the largest sporting event that the U.S. has had since this has started. I mean, people are coming out of their houses. People are getting vaccinated. Um, I don't know what the numbers are up to now, but I mean, millions of people, hundreds of millions of people have been vaccinated at this point. And so by then people are going to be ready, but people are ready now and they're, re- they're, they're going to be ready. Definitely you're going to be ready in October. And my guess is by October, there's a lot, going to be a lot of people that have already been to conferences. I mean, October is after the conference season, right? So by that point, my guess is there's going to be a lot of people that have already been to some conference. They've been on a plane, they've flown somewhere. My family just got back from a trip ourselves, you know, so I, I think people are ready. I really do. Yeah, I just went to one in person. And I'll be honest, uh, Jim, you can maybe reflect on this. I thought it was a little early. Like it was still, it felt just, it, I'm vaccinated. So like, I personally didn't feel that risky, but like there was still enough awkwardness. That would, That's my opinion. But I think October seems reasonable. But Jim, I don't know if you have any thoughts on on that. Well, at this conference I went to, they gave you a sack full of wristbands. One was red, one was yellow, one was green. Green was you're good for hugs and handshakes. Yellow is sort of, yeah, I'm here. And six is sort of keep your distance. So that was sort of an interesting thing. I've been traveling throughout the COVID. I had Corona in November and I got, I've been vaccinated. So I, I think I felt pretty comfortable and we were in Texas, you know, they don't care about COVID at all down there. So as far as Dan, what you were talking about, you know, what, what are my big takeaways or what I want people to think about is that, you know, we all have things that we have to work on. We all have things that we want to do better. We all have things that are strong about our firm or about our practice. We all have weaknesses and there's nothing wrong with sort of saying that out loud and to sort of, I think people spend too much time just doing, 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 and not enough time thinking and journaling. And I think it's really important to just sort of take a real assessment to see where am I at? Am I happy where I'm at? What would I like to change? And then who do I know that can help me get there? You know, I love that whole um, story brand concept of, you know, that Tyson and I really have walked into this role of, of sort of helping people as a guide, 
that, you know, we want to help people and, and we have guides in our group. We have, you know, Seth Price who knows about SEO and we have Jay Wayne who knows about social uh, marketing and all that stuff. And so we have all these different people that can help you get to where you want to be. And so don't accept the status quo. Don't stay where you are. Don't suffer in silence. Come into the group. I, I agree with Tyson. I would listen to the podcast. I mean, we have 250, 250 weeks of podcasts, which means there's over 100 hours of content. And I know there's closer to two because of all the added stuff that we've put in there. 200 hours of content that you can you can educate yourself. You can just, you know, soak it all in and open up your mind. I mean, Tyson and I, the one thing that makes us really sad, and I honestly mean this, sad, is when we come across law firm owners who have that closed mindset, that that Carolswick book about mindset, open mindset versus closed mindset. I think it's one of the most important books that I've read as a law firm owner. And there are people even in the guild who have that closed mindset. And it might just be about a particular issue. It might be, uh, I'm not going to hire anybody ever again. I had this bad hire. It didn't go well eight years ago. And I'm never, ever going to try to delegate a thing the rest of my life. Or they miss a, a statute of limitations or something like so that therefore they swear it off and then they're stuck. And so what we really want to do is to help people unlock those places where they're stuck and to get to a freedom that they won't get to if they don't sit and think about where they're actually at. You know, step one is admitted that you're powerless over whatever it is and then trying to make a decision to, to, to change. Love it. That's awesome. Yeah. I think, um, if I just to editorialize a bit too, Jim, and this isn't true for every lawyer, but I, I think that that challenge of, of kind of not doing and, and thinking is particularly challenging for lawyers because we've created this construct where every, for the most part, every six minute increment is lost value. And so like your time becomes so high pressured and, and you, you feel, at least I know I felt this way when I was practicing, like stepping back and thinking about anything besides sort of how to crank out the next hour, again, not only feels wasteful, but like you can actually count what it would have been worth to you. And I think that that creates a really challenging construct. So um, I thought that was a great thought. So again, guys, as we round out, check out the podcast, obviously join the group. Folks want, are interested potentially in attending the event. Can, do you want to give the details on that and how, how people would, would find out more? I mean, if the tickets aren't already sold out, we can get a rush on the bank here or run on the bank here. When is it and, and how can people get tickets? So they can go to maxlawcon.com. The conference is October 12th and 13th. There is a Max Law Guild Day on the, the 11th. If you're interested in the guild, you can go to maxlawguild.com. But uh, yeah, maxlawcon.com has all the details. Awesome. Well, guys, this has been a lot of fun. Really appreciate it. Uh, super insightful. I'm excited to get this content out into the world and let folks hear about it. But thanks so much for taking the time. Thanks, Dan. Thanks, Dan. Appreciate you having us. Thanks for listening to the Maximum Lawyer Podcast. To stay in contact with your hosts and to access more content, go to MaximumLawyer.com. Have a great week and catch you next time.